Thinking of selling your house? Great. Today's episode is for you. The chances are you'll have done a bit of research and you'll have seen that it's a good idea to declutter, freshen up your paintwork, get some curb appeal. And yes, I absolutely agree with all of these things. But today we talk to Paul Tobin, who's an estate agent who goes a little bit further with his clients. In fact, sometimes quite a bit further in order to get a house ready for sale. And we'll see how in his case, it tends to speed up the process of the sale and achieve a higher price. So you won't want to miss it. Thank you for listening. So this podcast is for you today. If you're someone who's got a property that you're planning to sell, it's not in great condition. Maybe it's an executor sale, maybe it's a property that's been rented out for a while and you know it hasn't got its best foot forward and you know you need to do something to prepare for this sale, but you're just not sure how far you should go. You'll have looked at all the estate agents' websites, you'll have read their top selling tips like clear your clutter, like freshen up your paintwork, etc. But now you're wondering, mm, is that what I'm doing or should I go a little bit more? Now, from my point of view as a property buyer, I love when people haven't gone a little bit more. I love when I go into a house and they've barely lifted a finger because I can see what the potential is and lots of people can see what the potential is, but not everybody can see. And I know I'm likely to get a bargain when I go into maybe a house that's an executor sale, it's got swirly carpets, everything's a little bit patchy here and there, the loos aren't great, it maybe has a downstairs bathroom and it all feels tight. And I think, yes, it's a great location, it's a great orientation, I'm going to get a good buy here for my client. But today we're putting the shoe on the other foot we're getting into the head of the person who is selling this property. Now, I'm with Paul Tobin, who is a good friend of mine and a selling agent who adds a lot of value to vendors who have a house or a property that needs a little bit more than just a, a basic refresh. Um, so, Paul, you're quite intense with what you do you're very full and rigorous and what really blew my mind was when we were speaking on the phone the other day you were saying that you go in and by the time you have gone finished your valuation with the vendor where you've told them what you think the property is worth you've often walked out of there with a sizable check or a lodgement by the vendor into your account to get a good chunky refurbishment job done and honestly I have to tell you my jaw dropped when I heard you say that because most agents go mm -hmm. in there and they're lucky to get the sale mm. but not only do you get the sale but you get cash up front mm. for a refurbishment mm. so <clears throat> can I ask you a bit about your background and how you came to specialize in this mm. particular area of doing up properties so that the person selling them gets the added value of a done up property mm. and doesn't leave that windfall to the canny buyer. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, I have to start by saying how we've come to, the, the, to this particular point and whereby we would um, gain the trust of a lot of um, our clients for big refurbishment is that 
we've proven it over the years. Even right. even with even with the very first uh, lowest budget, I had a five hundred euro right. was clean the property, you know, mm -hmm. tip top condition, you know. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of vendors can can run away from these type of um, uh, uh, I suppose run away from having to put anything into their property because if you, there's a market there for it anyway, and that might, may be the case. But over the years, we have. Um, got best uh, uh, um, vendors to invest in their property to improve it and we started off with just as I said cleaning to changing floors doors door handles light fittings tiling bathrooms and it just kept going and we found that the purchasers responded really really well to this right and in every single case and I yeah. challenge anyone on this in every case we have um, always um, achieved a premium price for these properties and the vendors have never regretted it in any way. Okay, well now that's really fascinating. There are a few things there. One is when you say you've always achieved a premium price. This is an interesting question because I know myself when my family asked me on their behalf to stage a property, let's mm. say for sale or, or present it for sale, we had to invest X amount in presenting the property and we achieved a certain price. And of course the problem is you'll never know what you would have achieved mm. if you hadn't spent that money. So while I completely agree with you that I, my firm belief is that you do get a premium price, mm. it can never be a scientific experiment with a control and an experiment. Yes. You, you can only do it once and you, can, you only have one shot at it. Yes. So I think you're right that you do get a premium, but unfortunately you can't prove it to the vendor mm. in advance mm. because you can't do it twice, you've yeah. only got one shot. Mm. So you get a premium. And the other thing is you said, you, you build up as you went, you started from cleaning. And am I right in thinking that some of the properties, you've already had quite a bit of trust with your vendor because you might have managed these properties and rented them out on their behalf. So they already knew you and trusted you. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, in some cases, yes. Okay. And you know, in other cases, um, uh, it would be referrals. Mm -hmm. So um, it mainly referrals. So I suppose that's where the trust comes in. But the results definitely have been there for many of them. If I give you a very quick example, mm -hmm. the market value of a particular property was 650,000. Mm -hmm. Three other agents gave similar, 650, 675, 690, I think mm -hmm. it was. Uh, we spent 48,000 refurbishing that property mm -hmm. and um, uh, down, repair and refurbish and uh, we achieved 815,000. <gasps> oh my goodness. So I mean wow. you know of, co of course someone might ask oh, would you not have achieved that anyway. Well the thing is that um, uh, the whole end product to include professional photography and brochures and so on went out to the marketplace and attracted the numbers in the door mm -hmm. and we got to see maybe 50 or 60 people mm -hmm. in at that property mm -hmm. and um, so you know like if you're just putting out an average property on that particular road in that particular area mm -hmm. at the 650,000, 675 value, mm -hmm. yes, you might get an extra 50,000, which would be considered a premium price mm -hmm. for any other agent. Mm -hmm. yes. But in this particular case, 815, and that would have been the highest price achieved for anything in that particular area. But the purchasers have nothing to do. Well, they will. They would want to extend it at some stage. But for now, they can move in, mm -hmm. they can live in this property, everything works. It's um, uh, uh, it has passed its survey mm -hmm. by a surveyor who's been climbing in the attics looking for something. So mm -hmm. we've, we've we've covered all areas of it. But that's probably a big example. But 
we can do similar enough for departments as mm -hmm. well. And you mentioned now the surveyor, and you mentioned to me before that um, you would often engage a surveyor on behalf of the vendor to come in and have a look through the property and basically kick the tires yeah. on behalf of the vendor so mm. that you can see what would be the flashpoints for any future surveyors acting on behalf of the buyer. Yeah, well, sometimes in advance it's best. I mean, especially when you get a property that you do a lot of eyesores stick out and you think that could become issues going along the line. Tell me a few um, eyesores. Just give well, an idea. well, I suppose one of the things that we always um, um, make sure, which is carried out, is that the roof will be checked. So yeah. we would always get someone into the attic almost immediately. Okay. And, you know, that's one of the, the areas where the surveyors spend most of their time. And it's something that nobody can see. Mm -hmm. So we've had issues with um, fireproofing on between party walls. Sure. We've had issues with um, um, uh, rot mm -hmm. on, 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 on uh, rafters and so on. And generally, the insulation not being up to certain levels. So, I suppose we begin there: tiling, fascias, soffits, everything from externally, mm -hmm. um, and then right through to we've had dry rot issues, oh, we've had rising damp issues, we've had, you know, and boundaries, obviously, um, uh, extensions infringing in other people's garden. Mm. There's a huge amount of mm. um, uh, items mm. that uh, could pop up in someone's survey. Very interesting because in a lot of my podcasts, talking to both uh, your friend Michael Crowley, solicitor, and mm -hmm. mine, um, and Brian Dempsey from DNG, we were talking about preempting mm -hmm. the issues, mm -hmm. uh, by, uh, being forewarned and prepared in advance with your title deeds, etc. But for you, exactly as you say, getting up into the attic and preempting what a surveyor is going to find yeah. and putting it right on, presuming yeah. you're not just uh, no. diagnosing the problem, you're also fixing the mm -hmm. problem. Putting it right, and that's where I say we start from the outside and we work our way in, Right. and that comes down to, then to the, the toilets flushing properly and the handles and the doors and everything working, down mm -hmm. to the boilers being serviced, or changed in some cases, some vendors are right. up for that as well, to increase uh, the BERs or to improve the BER certificate, yeah. so there's a, a, a huge amount of um, items within the property that you can correct or improve for the next people coming in and they'll recognise it and they'll pay more for that property. Yeah, you're right. And interesting that the example you chose to discuss at the start there, the premium property, let's mm. say in Dublin mm. 4 that you sold for or agreed for 850. Um, I think that's a really particularly clever market to spend the money in yes. because as we've all seen in the papers recently properties up to 500 are selling relatively quickly and there are enough buyers for them mm. but once you get to 800 900 a million and over a million we've all seen mm. properties at this level sticking around a bit on the market mm. especially if they're obviously in need of a lot of work so uh, i think for any vendor at this price point it might be particularly beneficial because not only will they get a, a better price, but as you say, they might get a price at all yeah. because some of these properties aren't attracting any yeah, buyers. Yeah, yeah. I suppose what we what we do in those in that particular case is what it's all about really from a refurbishment point of view is about getting it to a satisfactory level that a purchaser can move in, mm -hmm. live in it, understand it, and then carry out whatever significant works they might need to do at a later stage. And that just could be extensions because like we will cover every nook and cranny mm -hmm. and make sure that it is I mean again it's not about just having this beautiful and perfect mm -hmm. it's about not looking at issues and problems sure. that you don't understand 
And I've looked at some of the case studies you have on your website, and I know you have a lot more to put up there too. And I was um, struck by the things you did because um, there was one property, for example, that it was a period house in Drumcondra, I think, a red brick, and it had a, one of those red painted walls. It looked like a 1980s wall. Mm. And um, you changed the colour of the wall. And that made a huge difference. What else, to take that house in particular as an example, what mm. did you do in this house? We're talking about a red brick terrace yeah, house, am I it was, right? Yeah, it was actually a red brick terrace duplex apartment, oh, was which it, is right? the one you're talking about, okay. yeah. Yeah, so that property was um, one that we managed for nearly 10 years. Mm -hmm. It was very, very dull. I suppose what, it, I really need to start really the kitchen. So we would have remodeled the kitchen, changed the countertop, changed the sinks, changed the carcasses. Oh, and right, we kept the doors. Well. Yeah. You kept the doors. That's unusual. Doors. It's usually the other way around. Well, they were an old style door, yeah. and we, we actually quite liked you know yeah. the features that were on them. So mm -hmm. we would have primed them and painted them. And um, and uh, so what did you put in as a countertop? Was it formica? Just it, no, it no. was actually um, butcher block. Oh, style. right, um, yeah. yeah. Which just gives it a little bit of uh, mm -hmm. again, I suppose, connected a little bit with the property era and age. Yeah. And um, the stairs actually ran into the kitchen, the, which is, was a bit awkward mm -hmm. and so But anyway, that worked out really, really well mm -hmm. uh, from a kitchen point of view. We put a glass panel door mm -hmm. on the kitchen, which threw a little bit of light in because it was very cubby-holy. Mm -hmm. And the windows were in the living room area, for example. We would have done the floor in the living room area. We would have uh, primed When you say done, what do you mean, sanded? And replaced. You actually replaced yeah, the floor? Yeah, replaced the floors, yeah. God. And the skirtings and, right. the, and the doors uh, right. leading into it. Wow, we Paul, that's a big job. Mm, primed and painted the, the windows because uh, they were the old tiki yeah. uh, windows which lifted them quite substantially yeah. as well. Um, just placed some wallpaper in a few different areas which showed a little um, library sort of area. Mm -hmm. Just some clever tricks. And then um, we would have done upstairs, mm -hmm. we have done the bathroom, brand new bathroom, new right. sink, new tap, new bath, new shower, new shower screen. New uh, tiles. Your floor? The tiles, we actually, um, we regrouted the wall tiles. They were white, plain okay. white. They yep. actually come up exceptionally well, so right. we decided to stick with those. Okay. Um, and then there was an attic on the same level upstairs. There was a beam in there running across, and we just made that room a good storage area. Mm -hmm. And um, um, yeah, the wall, the, the, because the attic was there and there was a beam running the top wall of the landing, we put a, 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 a brick wall wallpaper on it. Okay. Just to kind of connect it a little bit with. Okay. So yeah, just all those sort of, and light fittings were a big thing. Then we dressed the rooms, we brought in beds. They weren't new beds. Mm -hmm. they yes, they were just beds. prop beds. They prop were just beds, things that you could put duvets on, and yeah. So you dress the beds. Mm. So what? It, that, that was an extensive job to do. And yeah. in terms of then getting paid for the mm. the job, or how mm. does it work? How, how what's your billing model when it comes to okay. doing it? Well, first of all, um, just to point out, the market value of that property in advance of work was about two hundred seventy-five thousand, mm -hmm. and another agent gave two ninety-five. So the client would have spent about eighteen, about eighteen thousand on it. And we closed the sale there a couple of months ago at three seventy-five. Wow! Right. So yeah. And um, we still have we have some connections with that particular purchaser because she wanted to add a few things to what we already had done. Okay. Uh, but a good honest refurbishment. So um, just uh, sorry, going back to your question. Yes. Being the, the how would uh, would structure our fees? Is yes. It? Okay. So in this particular case, and in most cases, we would say um, that the market value of the property. Um, uh, so I say after that refurbishment of the market value of the property was 325,000 mm -hmm. for example. 
then we would um, scale our fees. Now, when we're doing refurbishments, um, um, we so I, I I would use my leverage with tradesmen. Yes. To get the best deal for the client. Yeah. On all the works. Yeah. The client would lodge the full refurbishment amount of money, which is quoted in advance mm-hmm. to our client account, mm-hmm. and on his behalf, we would get the works done, buy materials in a lot of cases yeah. because we're able to get better deals. Yeah. And you look in canny places, you're talking about end of lines and so Yeah, end of line yeah. tiling and stuff yeah. like that. So I would buy a lot of that and I would have it delivered to the property. And the tiler would come in and he would just tile. So we'd pay in labour yeah. costs in that particular case. So we're keeping it down. Um, that's quite unique, I mean, in, in respect to the fact that I'm not actually charging particularly for my time. But I do scale my fees. So we say, for example, if the new market value was 325, so mm-hmm. we would say up to and including 325,000 mm-hmm. or 1.5%. Mm-hmm. From 325 to 350, 1.75. Mm-hmm. And excess 350 would be 2%. Uh, so in a sense, Paul, you're actually partnering with them. Yeah. You are really, rather than just being the agent handling their sale, you're backing your own belief. Yeah. You're putting in your sweat equity into it by mm. doing the work at no cost yes they're buying the equipment mm. and then you're both really investing they're investing money yeah. you're investing time yeah. on the belief that it's going to yield results in yeah. sale price exactly. and in your experience it has every time yeah every time yeah and you know i know uh, some um agents can go out there and just demand 1.5 or 1.75 straight off look what I would say, and I'm, I get asked that question all the time, what, you know, from a straight standpoint, like this is something, this is our model, this is yes. what we do. Yes. We're passionate about it. Yeah. It's just what we do. Yeah. You know, yeah. We don't, yeah. we're not 1% agents in yeah. that respect. Yes. We're, you know, yeah. but when, yeah. we, when we're getting paid fairly, yeah. we're just working a lot harder than everyone else. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's what we do. And that'll pay off someday because people are getting the results. Yeah, for sure. So, um, in terms of what someone might, the least someone might do and the most someone might do. So the least we've seen is a 500 clean yes. job. The most we've seen is a 50,000 mm. repair. repair and refurbished job. Mm. Um, if I was a friend of yours selling mm. a house and you know, I may have a few bob to spend and maybe I have more if I really think it's worth it. Yes. What are the key things you would really point out? What would you say? Pay attention to this. Pay attention to this. Well, bathrooms and kitchens. Yeah. You know, are, are usually, I mean, if we're talking about a property whereby every other or many other agents might say, oh, sure, look, or even a vendor might say they're going to change it themselves anyway. I, my argument is always that they will want to live in it for a while. Mm-hmm. before they change it. Or want to know they have the option to, for sure, anyway. Mm, well, the option to, yeah. Um, so, um, from a cleanliness point of view, kitchens and bathrooms, yeah. that's where I would invest. And if we were talking about an investment, let's say a standard, I don't want to put you on the spot, but if it's possible for anyone listening now to say, well, I've got a, in my mum and dad's house, say it's an executive sale, it's got an old avocado green suite and yeah. lino on the floors. Is it worth putting in a new bath, shower, shower, everything, sink, loo, toilet? And if so, what would it cost? Yeah, well, look, I suppose if it has an avocado uh, yeah. bath, it more than likely has <laughs> another, more avocado somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. So you don't want to go too contemporary yeah. with it. So you yeah. do just a simple, plain, fresh bathroom maybe yeah. for that. I mean, really. Would you be uh, 5,000? Oh, God, no. no. So this is the thing, you know, you're probably looking at about 2,000 euros 2, to, for include, full to include labour. 
to include labor and tiling yeah. and all well, the... Well, uh, you put another 500 on top for yeah, tiling. So, okay, so between two and a half mm, and three, mm, say, mm, for Which is, is, is a very small yeah. amount. Now, we're not talking about the big, huge, extensive bathroom, no, no, but no. a standard size bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rip out the old, put in the new, and if yeah. there's painters and so on on site, there's a lot of um, other um, uh, workmen that kind of gel together to yeah. pick up the loose okay. ends of a lot of that as well. Sure, and that's doing it with Paul's budgeting. I don't think anyone else would really be able to do it for that price. So no, easily. we would have the um, the materials, the items, the baths. Thinking we would say we might buy them in a bathroom factory, which would be very very low price. We'd have them delivered to the property. Yeah. Really, the plumbers yeah. just come in doing the fitting. Yeah, they don't have to do any shopping at all. Everything's yeah, ready for them. The strip out would more than likely be done as well in advance of them turning up. So. Right, and how about kitchen? Um, well, would you always replace the kitchen or not? No. Well, as we um, mm. spoke about earlier on, you know, you can just remodel them, mm -hmm. and you can prime them and paint them, and you know, um, prime them, paint them, change the handles, change the countertop, change the sink, the taps, and again, you're looking at cleanliness. Again, um, we would regularly buy kitchens from. Um, sellers on Dundee. Wow, Paul, that is interesting. And put them in the back of a van. Yeah. And bring them out to the new property, and right. so you, so you see those kitchens advertised for fifteen hundred euro or two thousand, but we yeah. end up buying them for about three or four hundred euro, right. and they include fridges and cookers and you know, right. yeah. yeah. So it's now obviously the cost of remodeling and so on yeah. is quite it can be. Uh, quite then. So, if I was to give you an example of the latest kitchen I bought off Dundee, it was 400 euro, and the fitting costs um, complete were about 1200 euro, so about 1700 euro. It was a very, very nice finish. Yeah. Um, it was a beautiful kitchen that someone was thrown out. Well, I'm so glad to hear things being recycled because it is yeah. such a pity to yeah. throw out these yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, that's, that's so pay attention to bathrooms, mm. to kitchens. You kitchens. can mix and match with kitchens, and mm. Dundee, that's a top tip for anyone who might just be thinking yeah. of replacing yeah. a kitchen. And um, what else? How, how but you have to paint, you have really. To paint and you, yeah, you have to paint. And floors, really, if, if again, just think about someone in an empty property with clean walls, clean mm -hmm. bathroom, clean kitchen, and clean floors. Mm -hmm. And after that, really, you're you know you're ninety percent there. And it's interesting when you say paint the property, Paul, because a lot of people might be say tempted to paint everything white. Mm -hmm. But I notice there is a Paul Gray that I'm seeing on a lot mm -hmm. of your properties, mm -hmm. and we're sitting in one of them now. Mm -hmm. And I think this has got to be a Paul Gray. It's a particularly nice shade of gray. So well, you aren't just saying emulsion everything white. Are no, you? but you know what, Stephanie, this gray that you're looking at now. I only use that once ever. It might, there's, you know, there's okay. a lot of variations. <laughs> Fifty of shades of. <laughs> Fifty shades of grey. Yeah. So, um, you know, like you, you see there, um, even deep dark colours work very well in hallways. Yes. Even that are dark and yes. artificial lighting yeah. will, will 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 enhance it. Yeah. So, um, I there's some brilliant um, um, colour coordinating. Um, um, sites out there. Are there? Even on Dulux, say if you pick one color that you might like, if you if you were to um, insert that color, um, its name into uh, the searches, it'll show you some coordinating colors. So you can get a tree color right. yeah. um, uh, palette, palette yeah. for a, a property. So there's all these sort of tips and tricks yeah. to help people to just be a little bit adventurous. Yes, yes. And I noticed um, some of your properties uh, you're talking about painting the walls and uh, you have 
put a lot of plants or some plants and greenery and I really like that because mm. I definitely believe that every room should have a touch of energy in it. Yes. It should be, there should be life in it, whether yeah. it's a plant, whether it's yeah. um, a candle, yeah. something that shows mm. someone has been through this mm. space, mm. someone mm. has uh, acknowledged it yeah. and lit it with something, whether mm. it's plant life mm. or... Well, I suppose a more contemporary way of doing that now is light fittings. Right. Uh, yeah. Which, you know, can throw out a, a different light into a room which can set a mood. It's one of the things I'm very passionate about is to make sure that each and every room has a nice light fitting. Interesting, Paul, because I'd look at light fittings and go, oh my God, mm. I don't even know how to get up on a chair to, I can't even reach yeah. it and I have to get yeah. an electrician. So my energy goes down, but I so agree with you. It's yeah. a very good tip yeah. if you yeah. get an electrician yeah. and get a light fitting. Yeah, mm. and you know, they're inexpensive. I find myself sometimes if you're just doing an apartment, mm -hmm. you go into B&Q, for example, mm -hmm. and they have a... Um, uh, a rejection section, I call it. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and there you see a huge range of discounted light fittings. Right. That, um, uh, and again, for an apartment or something, yeah. it's different than if you're going into styling maybe a period properly, whatever, mm -hmm. you have to yeah. buy a different yeah. thing altogether. That's yeah. completely different. But just in general, there is a, lots of ways of doing this on the cheap, but the finished product does not look cheap. Mm -hmm. But that's the thing, you have the eye to mm. see in the rejection section mm. what's a gem, yes. whereas most people don't. And that's why I think you're, it's so important to get mm. someone who knows what they're doing. Mm. So we've got the kitchen, we've got the bathroom, we've got the walls not necessarily painted white. We've maybe gone with a color and we Google it and we can come up with two other nice complementary yes. colors. Yes. Um, we have our light fittings that you think are important. And I agree, it does make a place feel a lot just uh, mm. more valuable precious if you've got a nice light fitting our floors are we always doing something with our floors generally yeah again uh, Depends. yeah I mean like you couldn't carry out everything I've just mentioned mm. without having your floors clean I mean if they've been done over the last couple of years you mm -hmm. might you know get away like we spoke earlier on mm -hmm. just before we were doing this about you know the likes of beading around skirtings and yeah. items like that that you know is a bit tired now and it's a bit mm -hmm. old hat as well yeah so look um there's some fantastic floors out there whatever you want to use i mean if you're selling a property you're always best to um use a laminate uh, yeah uh, like a 10 um, millimeter 8 10 12 millimeter laminate lift your off your skirtings run it underneath yeah and run it through the property as much as you can. Yes, yeah. Um, but I prefer, usually, me anyway, I like carpets and bedrooms. Yeah. Nice, cozy, yeah. sinky carpets and bedrooms. Yeah. yeah. I think it's something that um, brings a bit of warmth into a property mm -hmm. and also separates the property or the, the rooms. Mm -hmm. um, um, yeah, from from the, living yeah, from the living space. And Paul, when you say just before the floors and um, laminate, you uh, we're sitting here on the floor and it's uh, basically it's a fake wood laminate. Mm, That's what we're yeah, looking at. It's, yeah. So it's basically lino looking like wood. Are we right? Or, this isn't this isn't lino. Sorry, this no. is laminate. It's, yeah. it's put down in sheets. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So now the front of well, our. Well, it's just that it's got twenty five years durability. Fantastic. If yeah. you were a landlord letting your property, it's the right. Yeah. product to use yeah i mean if you're using semi-solid to solid you're, you're having marks from chairs stools everything else that that doesn't make sense unless no. it's your own house sure this isn't about that this no is about this is just about presenting presenting something for, for something yeah so that's okay and tiling and bathrooms obviously okay so we've done our surveyor's report we've identified has anything is anything awful happening here that we need to fix 
in order to prevent uh, our sale falling through once it's sale agreed. We've looked at our bathrooms, we've looked at our kitchens, we've looked at our walls, we haven't necessarily gone for white. We're strongly considering a wooden looking laminate. We're lifting our skirting board so we don't have this kind of bad looking beading uh, hovering over our skirting boards. Now we're walking out, oh, and our windows, you mentioned something about the PVC and cleaning windows. I thought mm. that was very interesting. For yeah, us. so a lot of the, over the years, especially in rented properties, you would have had tenants blocking vents with brown sticky tape yeah. and you see all these marks and uh, windows generally have got grubby yeah. um, over time. So obviously, if it's not in the budget to change your windows, which even a lot of landlords or sellers are now doing for the purpose of um, raising their BERs for substantial refurbishment, well then cleaning uh, the PVC is a huge thing. Checking the handles. Have you got a magic thing for cleaning the PVC? There is a, uh, a product now, I can't think of the name of it offhand, but it's a PVC window cleaner. Mm -hmm. And if you apply that to your windows and you clean your glass and you've got nice fresh clean handles and you, you can change your little vents at the mm -hmm. top and so on, mm -hmm. really you've refurbished your windows and they look like new. And it's often been commented to me about the windows, how old are the windows? They look new, you know? Mm. So it's a huge um, mm -hmm. uh, area. People stand at windows, they look out at windows, they talk about the property mm -hmm. at windows mm -hmm. it's a natural place so it's mm -hmm. important that mm -hmm. um, all of this and again um just to make sure that the um the sealant around the windows is fresh and clean and it's yeah. not grubby and dirty so yeah and the outside of a house i noticed um we've moved outside now from our windows and i noticed on one of your houses you actually it was a pebble dash house and you replastered to the front of it and honestly it made an enormous difference yeah. it made it look so much smarter mm -hmm. well that was an old tired bungalow yeah. um, that was on a very busy road and um, we wanted to give an, um, create an impression really of almost a new bungalow yeah. because internally it was yeah. on that particular property I think we spent 38 and a half thousand mm -hmm. refurbishing it new you know we um, uh, we restored the floors and we even insulated all underneath the floors and so on. Mm. So the outside didn't reflect what was inside. Mm -hmm. So plastering the front of the property and create and showing off the property as a new bungalow, mm -hmm. like a new build, mm -hmm. was certainly the right way to go to attract again people in the door. We that property initially had an offer of one hundred and sixty-five thousand. Mm -hmm. uh, we spent thirty-eight thousand on it and it sold for two eighty. Goodness, Paul. So that was out of town now, it wasn't uh, mm -hmm. within, but that's an example of, um, I suppose, uh, a fresh approach. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that is an example as, as well as where you do have a control and an experiment. You did actually, someone had that property on the market mm. in version A yeah. and it wasn't working. Yeah. You come along and do version B and not only does it work, mm. but you nearly get, you know, you get an enormous price for it. Yeah. Um, so I think they're invaluable tips, Paul, for anyone wondering, is it worth spending the money? Um, you've certainly shown that in many circumstances, and in fact, in all circumstances that you've had dealings with, it has been worth spending the money. So I'd like to thank you really very much for this. It was eye-opening. Thank you. I appreciate it. Did you enjoy this podcast? If so, we'd love you to subscribe to it and tell your friends, family and colleagues. In the meanwhile, if you think you'd benefit from some professional help with your next property transaction, then head over to brefneokelly.ie to see which of our three property services might be best for you. Thanks for listening.